0: Today is Thursday, April 1st, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman. Episode 402 featuring the Boston Herald's Mark Murphy is powered by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag today and use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign-up bonus. Here we go. Another new addition to Celtics beat fresh off a uh, well an almost demoralizing loss to the Dallas Mavericks moral victories. They're not a thing anymore. These comebacks a lot of the time you'd rather your team just went out and got slaughtered as opposed to all this false hope all these almost wins that our Boston Celtics are racking up. It feels like on the regular. I am Adam Kaufman. This is Celtics Beat. Evan Valenti, our producer, back with us this week. Mark Murphy from the Boston Herald does a great job and a good friend of this program as well. Fellas, I'm just going to start with this. I'm seeing things on the floor. I know that they have lost 7 of 10. I know that we are all down. I know there's the Fire Brad crowd. Danny's got to go. He's not making moves. Evan Fournier, he's only been around a couple games. He scored six points in like 60 some odd minutes. He sucks. I'll tell you what, I think they're going to the conference finals. What do you think? <laughs> Am I crazy? Am I? I think they're going to the conference. I know. April <laughs> Fools, guys. April Fools. April Fools. That was the you worst know. April Fools joke I've seen today. Congratulations. Uh, no. and, you know, my kids keep saying, do it. Do an April Fools joke. I think they think it's like a magic trick. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't, just, doesn't work that way.
2: Uh, I just think they've lost their mental toughness. I just. Uh... This whole thing, you know, he, Luca, as he did the last time they played, just buries a 35 footer and they just bow their heads and that's it. They don't play defense the rest of the way. Or when they do, you know, they just get discouraged. I think, I think Stevens hit it on the head last night. These guys just uh, are not responding to adversity. They just. Mm.
0: So, Twitter, you know, the the vocal minority, if you will, although it's it's getting louder. Twitter wants to put that on Brad. You know, it's you, mm. we can also we can always talk about the roster issues this team has, and there are many. And Danny has owned that, and and that's on him. But you know, I I have pointed out, I, I've talked about, I'm I'm far from the only one, by the way. It's not a hot take, but I've mentioned it on on several of these shows. It just looks like when you watch these games that Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, they know how good they are. They're all stars. And and Kemba Walker hasn't been fully himself this year. He's dealt with the injuries and and obviously load management and whatnot. It just seems like the two stars, they don't trust anybody else on the roster, which is why you're seeing so much ISO ball and that type of thing. And and I'm not even totally blaming them, you know, given the inconsistency of everybody else. I mean, they should trust each other, quite frankly, more than everybody else. But when it impacts the system, the style of play – And as you just alluded to, and as as Brad, you know, to the degree that Brad does, went off on after that game last night, it just looks like everybody collectively is out there on the floor quitting. I don't know how many times, Mark, we need to hear Kemba Walker say this year, I just i'm I'm getting discouraged and when I get discouraged i I can't show it yeah. I can't get down to the dumps I need to yeah. you know I need to pick myself well, so do it, man like easy for me right. to say I right. get it, but like right. now we're not even talking about athletic ability anymore now yeah. we're just talking about like mental fortitude. Don't get if you're going to get down in the dumps, if you're going to get discouraged, you got to snap yourself out of it and be something of a leader. Right. And if the players can't do it to the, themselves on the floor at a certain point in time, we are going to have to maybe it's this show, have a real conversation about Brad Stevens and his role in this.
2: Yeah, I think part of it, the more I see Tatum these last few weeks. I part of it is just he's gone into such ISO mode. I think it's affecting other people and i don't want to say he's to the level of Kyrie was to him but he's you know he he's holding on to the ball he's waiting for the floor to clear you know it's like he's playing like the guy who worked out with Kobe all summer you know mm-hmm. and i think I think that's Celtics
0: greatest fears realized already. It only took a couple of years.
2: I can't believe I'm saying it. I, I think, I think that's um, that's part of it. You know, he's got to get back into moving the ball. I think Jalen has been more straight ahead. I think Jalen is actually trying to do the right things. Um, you know, and he's certainly been their most consistent when he's out there, quarter to quarter. You know, I mean, it's become a Tatum that you don't see him until the fourth quarter. It's, you know, because, you know, I think. Or like the other
0: night when he erupted in the first quarter and then disappeared. Yeah. You know, what seemed like the rest of the game and then showed up again late.
2: Yeah. And I'm not sure he's taking good shots. Uh, I think some of those threes are bad shots. And he. He. Yeah, last night going to the fourth, what was he? I think he was one for seven from three.
1: You know, he ended up – he finished one for eight, so it's not like he had a turn. Oh, okay.
2: Game.
1: You know, it's not like he was amazing. But when you talk about that, like – and I like, – I, I love Jason Tatum, and, and I keep going back to this one thing that Dwayne Wade said a couple of months ago on TNT. The, the problem with Jason Tatum is Jason Tatum, you know, can basically hit any shot at any time on the floor that he wants which is an unbelievable skill, especially when you're 23 years old. The problem with Tatum is he doesn't uplift the rest of the roster like he needs to for this team to be who they need to be. And I'm not and, and this is the thing that Adam, you and I talked about this at the beginning of the season. This is the first year in the Tatum Brown era, you know, we're there, you know, one and two in the pecking order, etc. Mm-hmm. But this is the first year these guys are going to actually get some serious scrutiny, you know, in terms of wearing the, the, the problems that, that this team has. And they're then re- accepting responsibility and blame for this thing. Right. Because everybody's trying to throw around, you know, where does the blame go? Where does the blame go? And as Danny said this morning on 98.5, like everybody shares the responsibility of losing I me mean, Danny said you know I I accept some of this it's on Brad but it's also on our players and he was talking about it more in terms of Brad how you know Brad's not out there you know going 11 of 40 whatever the Celtics went last night against Dallas um you know Brad's not out there shooting shots you know he's only trying to get people in the right places he's not the one controlling where the ball goes all the time so mm-hmm. when you get back to blaming the product on the floor that you know is that blame starts at the top. That starts with Tatum. And I got into a little bit of this uh, a couple of days ago with some people on Twitter about some of the shots that Tatum takes and about how people throw numbers at me. Oh, Tatum shooting 40, whatever percent on, you know, pull up threes, but the step back three, you know, early in the shot clock from 28 feet, 29, 30 feet is not a good shot, especially when you're not in rhythm. My problem with Tatum is, you know, he thinks he can create himself some rhythm with that shot at any time during the game where you and I and all of us, I think, understand, you know, if you're not in rhythm to start the game and, you know, when Tatum's in rhythm, like he'll hit a couple of threes in a row and you're like, all right, now now he's cooking. But the best way for a, a guy to get in rhythm is to try and drive to the basket try and get fouled and go to the free throw line. And this team and the Kemba has done a good job of it recently getting the free throw line. They brought in 48 to kind of help that, but this team lacks rhythm consistently. Right. Yeah. And part of that is because this team does not get to the free throw line and does not take free throws. And, you know, yeah. you're trying to hit home runs constantly. And when you're not in rhythm, those home runs, they, they don't
2: fall. No, I think, um, uh... And I think they're getting a little entitled. Last mm-hmm. night, Smart went back to this whole thing. Well, we're not getting rewarded offensively or defensively. We're not getting rewarded for playing hard defense. Yep. In other words, they're getting called for a lot of stuff. And I think they feel like they're getting screwed a little bit. Um, you know, but it, it's not the way to look, obviously, not when you're they're not attacking. They're not being aggressive. And that's why they're not getting calls.
0: Well, I know we've heard, you know, Chris Forsberg, another good uh, buddy of this program over on NBC and Kendrick Perkins on the post-game shows. Like th- These guys have been saying regularly, and, and they're right, you know, it, this team, to your point, entitlement, Mark, it, it just seems like they expect everything to come easier than it is mm-hmm. to this point in the year. And I don't know if that's you know, a few of these guys, you know, not everybody, but, but a few, you know, the figureheads, whether it's smart Tatum Brown, you know, you can sprinkle in Kemba from last year, just these, you know, three trips to the conference finals in four years, you know, almost trips to the NBA finals a couple of times. And, you know, more often than not being among the upper echelon of Eastern conference teams. And now they're sitting two games below 500 playing remarkably inconsistent, you know, playing like crap, honestly. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've talked about Mm -hmm. it on this show before, Mark, that this is the, first time in a long time certainly in the brad stevens era that i can remember you know hate watching a team basically like this is this is not a fun team to watch (laughs) at 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 all it's not an enjoyable experience and i don't know if it is to your point entitlement or as the other guys said the you know uh, just expecting things to come easier but to me it's it's it, it just becomes a where do you get off? Like, what, when your top yeah. stars are, 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 really good. They're all stars, but they're so young, you know, 24, yeah. 23 years right. old. Like, you right. have not been around long enough to have that mentality, even yeah. in the AAU right. culture that exists today. Right.
2: This team argues way too much with the refs. It's like four guys, uh, you know, depending on who you look at. Tatum's been doing it since he was a rookie, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, and and they're getting beat because they're arguing. I, at least, I thought I saw a couple of plays like that last night where two guys are back talking to the ref, and Dallas gets a fast break hoop. It's you know, they're they're just way too much into that. Yeah,
0: it's not uh it's not been pretty. So I guess you know it circles back to where we started. Let's go to Brad Stevens because we've been having these conversations on these shows elsewhere, you know, ever right before the show sent me a, a clip from Stephen a Smith now, you know, and, and he's, paid for the hot takes obviously but you know I I don't think Brad Stevens is long for Boston if if this continues and and the players have tuned him out and it's you know it's white noise out there and Danny's gonna have to move on well here just a quick reality check for people who want Brad Stevens gone one Celtics just I mean the last several months gave him another extension he's around for another like six years or something like that he he passed on presumably passed on not that we know anything was concretely offered but presumably passed on what you know second to staying in Boston would have been his dream job and and coaching the Indiana Hoosiers he left out and he's not going to North Carolina with Roy Williams retiring maybe he's so, waiting
2: for Krzyzewski
0: it, maybe maybe he's just waiting on Duke I don't know I, I doubt it though I really do doubt it I think that you know Brad strikes me as as the kind of guy that that wants to get this done here. That that you right. know want, wants right. to finish the job that he started. And sure. I, I am still a, a believer in him. I I am. I'm I'm not calling for his head or anything like that. I I still think that you have one of the brightest minds in terms of coaches in the NBA. But obviously, a bright mind is only going to take you so far. You need to be a motivator. And Brad post game last night was about as heated as we have ever heard him. And I know he has said in the past you know, well, just, you know, the way I sound to you guys isn't necessarily how I sound in that locker room. I remember him sound, saying right. that to Gary Washburn once. So I'm sure, yeah. I mean, no, he's not going to throw things and curse probably, but I'm sure he is yelling at his players and, and, and taking them to task. We don't get to see that. And we certainly don't see it on the sidelines. Is there, in your estimation, a motivational issue stemming from Brad on down? Is there something that is just not clicking from, from the coaching staff absent, you know, that that, you know, Walter McCarty kind of caliber. I know they added Evan Turner, but they don't have that sort of like hard-nosed veteran guy that like a perk, like guys, guy that you're scared of on the coaching staff that, that is really going to like rein these guys in who unlike Brad has been there, has been through the ropes. You know, I know Brad's been coaching a long time, but he hasn't been an NBA player through those rigors. So is there something missing here that, that needs to be addressed to get these guys in line?
2: I think that's a good point. Uh, You know, that I think that I think the players have become a little hard headed and maybe they're not hearing as much. I know Gary got a lot of heat for writing his The Players Have Tuned Out Brad column, but I think there's a certain amount of that. I mean, when you've been in, when all you know is going to the conference finals. Maybe you get to a point where you don't hear people as much. You know, you've been there. You think you've been there. And so I think part of that really falls on the players, but I think there is a disconnect right now. Absolutely.
0: Part of it, I think, is, is everything that we just talked about. But what about like, – I'll have friends text me, Mark, regularly during these games like last night where they just fall down by a billion and then claw their way back and fall just short these almost wins that people are having a field day tweeting about and uh, like I said off the top it's just so much easier when your team just get, gets crushed rather than giving you that false hope it, it feels like there are a lot of the time and maybe it's player execution but who do we you know who else can you blame but the players they're the ones with the ball when you look to the coaching staff, though, and Brad in particular, as, as the leader of the group, does it look like they're absent a plan out there a lot of the time to you? If Brad can't get them to defend and offensively, all the iso ball that we were talking about and, and they're not moving it, and it just seems like they don't trust each other and they're not really running plays. They're just kind of firing up threes, not going to the hole, not going to the free throw line like Evan was talking about. I mean now now we're getting into the system now it's not even a motivational issue it's it's not a mental issue now mm-hmm. it's now it's a game planning issue. Is right. there something wrong with the game planning that you're seeing this season
2: yeah i i they he keeps saying he's going back to ball movement he keeps saying that he's getting more cutting into the offense, and it just doesn't happen. you know they'll play one great game like that, and then you know then it disappears again and all of a sudden you see iso ball. Um, so not sticking to that, I think part part of that is obviously going to be on the coach. That's, um, you know, it's, you call a timeout if you see that, you know, you guys are suddenly in, a, in an icicle and you snap him out of it. He doesn't do enough of that.
1: Yeah, he's always he's always been criticized right. for that, like taking way too long to take timeouts and 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 letting runs kind of build and fester, um, and not trying to use the timeout to stop the momentum of the other team. But like, the problem is, you know, you call the timeout anyway; it's too late, and then you get some bungled play. That and like normally, like the the ATO stuff was normally the the bread and butter of the Celtics. Like, call right. a timeout; you get a play right. running out of it, and all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. All right, you, you start feeling good about yourself, but I, and again, I don't have the stats in front of me. I'm sure people out there do, and if you happen to have the statistic, you know, I'd love to see it. Like what the success rate of Celtics out of time outside this year? Because again, mm-hmm. it just it doesn't feel this group doesn't feel as connected, and that does again yeah, yeah. fall back on Brad. And it, it it you see it more, I think, on the defensive side of the ball, where this team just doesn't communicate nearly as well as they should. Um, I've been noticing. And I know people are like, oh, man, you're just talking about energy. But this team lacks energy. I mean, yeah. last night, you know, off the top of the game, they don't have Rob Williams. I get that. But, like, okay, you still have Tatum, Brown, Kemba, Fournier, Smart. Like, it's not like you're depleted. You yeah. still have a lot of talent. And they start the game very lethargically. You have, you know, the, the, the Mavs get up sort of big you talked about a couple of shots that luca hits that are out of this world because luca's an out of this world player and this team drags their head and they run some bs offensive set that doesn't do anything they go back down the other end and they don't play good defense but then they get back into with their defense a little bit they make a run towards the end of the first quarter and you think things are but they just can't seem to string things together and you know part of that's on the players and part of that's on the coach and, and i think you know Brad's is as frustrated as anybody else in terms of what's going on here. But when you have disconnects defensively like this team has had, especially when you go back to past years and they've just been, you know, didn't matter who the hell was on the floor. This team was good defensively. I mean, you go back to having like Jay Crowder, you know, Kelly O'Linick, Market Smart, uh, Isaiah Thomas. You go back to any one of these teams and, you know, collectively as a unit, they play well defensively at least they would have that to hold their hat on. Like yeah, they wouldn't, you know, shoot the lights out every night. Nobody expects that. But defensively the effort was there. I just don't see the effort looks bad, the effort looks off. The chemistry looks off. The energy looks off. Unless things are perfect. Unless like you saw it the other night when you know they played Milwaukee the night they won, right? You saw much better energy to start the game. Fournier, you know, the the trade has been, you know, passed and he's coming shortly, yeah. right? They have their starting five of Kemba, Jalen, Jason, Marcus, and Rob. Like the conditions were perfect, and everything seemed to work. But when things aren't perfect, this team seems to have
2: right
1: some reason. Some like they're like they're stuck in the mud or something. I can't quite explain it. And that when you want to get, you want to blame Brad for stuff. I will blame Brad for this team lacking
0: mental focus. Sure. So you want to say the the hospital Celtics are flatlining this year?
1: Very nice. Thank you. Very nice.
2: Yeah, yeah I think um, they're incredible front runners. When things are going great, they're great. The moment things turn, they just tuck it in. It's, um, yeah. anybody can anybody can hit baskets when you're on the end of a 12-0 run, but it's when you guys hit one of those droughts that Brad was referring to that. You know, they just lose confidence. Like they quit. I, I really don't know where that comes from because they've been, they've been to the Eastern conference finals three of the last four years. So they know the right way to play. It's, you know, it's just that responsibilities have shifted maybe, you know, Um you know, they thought that a veteran like Tristan Thompson would sort of keep everybody in line. But, you know, he hasn't even been part of it. You need to get
0: him on the floor in the first place.
2: No. So, you know, maybe Fournier does something, I don't, you, you know, from a leadership standpoint.
1: Mark, do you have anything, because I think it's been obviously refuted by Celtics players at this point about, you know, the Tristan Thompson, you know, parties too much, uh, where it goes out. Do you have anything on that?
2: No, no, that um yeah, I that was Kevin's report. I uh, haven't heard a word about that. I just know the Celtics denials on it, yeah, they've come That's out true. pretty strong about it,
1: yeah, yeah, I, I, it, included it, it must be hard this year to to kind of notice stuff like that when nobody's in the locker room and you know you, everybody's zooming in at the end of the game, yeah. your press conferences like that stuff. Yeah. It's hard to even get a read out of any of that because nobody's even around.
2: No, no. That kind of access hasn't existed for a year. Right. So yeah, no. It's um yeah, you're you know, you're not there when smart decides to start throwing chairs against the wall. You know? Right. But uh yeah, it's hard to tell. I mean it could be. I mean, I, I see just in the encore product, I see divisions.
0: Quick break here to tell you that uh, Bet Online, our sponsor, is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, folks. Football, of course, long over. It's not that far away from starting up again, but you got NBA, college basketball, NHL in full swing. Today, as a matter of fact, albeit not for the Red Sox, is Major League Baseball opening day. That's postponed to tomorrow as we chat right now. But NBA title odds, the Nets plus 240, led by. That three headed monster there, if they could all share the floor at the same time of Durant, Irving, and Harden. Plus 240 once again, title ons to win a championship. The Lakers the uh, defending champs plus 325 to repeat the Clippers plus 575 and the jazz at plus 750 if you're a believer I'm not but can't argue with what we've seen in the regular season to this point out of Utah Celtics if you actually do think as I joked off the top that they're going to turn these this thing around plus 4,000 odds (laughs) to uh, win a championship your money on fire it'll be way more fun (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and you could take a video the big dance though that's finally here as well and bet online is the place for you to make a killing during this year's ncaa tournament live odds for every single game so many ways to win four teams remain it's called the final four gonzaga minus 200 looking to finish off that undefeated season and just looking like a freight train the zags right now baylor plus at plus 260 houston Plus 700 UCLA. How about that story from the first four to the final four plus 2500 still incredibly long odds, but feels like a Cinderella season right now. Also a fun tournament props. Will Baylor score 61 or less against Houston? Will Gonzaga beat UCLA by double figures? So much available to you. Bet online has you covered for all the news scores and odds. It is the best way to place your bets and it is free to sign up for you folks. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code CLNS 50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Again, the promo code is CLNS 50. Bet online your online sportsbook experts. So Mark Murphy, let's go back to the Brad Stevens discussion for just a moment here. And again, I don't think he's gone. Evan doesn't think he's gone. No. I'm going to put words in your mouth. You don't think he's gone. I don't no. think any of us are calling for him to be gone. And please do, no. you know, interrupt me if, if you do. But let's just have the conversation for the Fire Brad crowd that, that's out there and, and people saying, you know, just give us someone else. This guy's overrated. He's not motivating the team. What does he really want here? All the stuff that we always see on social media. He's got to go. He sucks. Now, again, I don't agree with any of that, but let's just say he's got to go. Who would you want? Now, I've had friends of mine suggest, you know, assistant X, assistant Y, you know, guys that either, you know, are retreads or or haven't yet had that opportunity. And and who knows? I mean, like Bruce Cassidy with the Bruins, right? Like maybe somebody, you know, gets the opportunity and, and they actually do run with it. And, hey, this, you know, people were skeptical, but this was the right move. I don't know who that guy is. The only guy, the only guy that I can think of in the NBA that if you said to me, Brad's got to go, who do you want? The only one I can come up with that's available, obviously, cause that's a big part of it for people that would doc get doc. You can't have doc. Right. The only guy that I can think <laughs> of, Mark is Kenny Atkinson. That's the only guy that I can think of that. Yeah. You know, he did some things with the Nets with, you know, he, he did a lot with a little as Brad yeah. did for so many years in Boston before yeah. he started to do a little with a lot. That's the guy, the only guy that, that I can think of.
2: I I would hesitate with him because he's a developmental guy. He, you know, wants the product matured, they get rid of him. I think uh, you need a guy who can deal with the young stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure that was Kenny Atkinson's forte either. Sure. Um, it's, uh, you know, and the questions come up. About how does Brad deal with stars? I mean, the I know they all left for different reasons, but you've lo- you've lost Kyrie, Gordon, and Horford. Yeah, and actually Terry was there. Sure, although so, Horford
0: would come back in a second if he could. Uh
2: yeah, yeah, I th- yeah he if he and if he had been bought out, you know, I wouldn't have been surprised. Yeah, agree. You know? But um, yeah, it, it's. The evidence is that his high caliber players don't stick around. So I don't know if they're not buying in uh, Kyrie. I don't think Kyrie bought it. I mean, that's pretty. Obvious. Yeah. I mean,
0: you could argue like Allen and, and, you know, Al left for money. Hayward left for opportunity and certain money, but Kyrie is the one that did not buy in.
2: But Hayward did not think this system was for him. And this is or his college coach. Did
0: he, did he not think the system was for him, or did he not think his place within the system?
2: Well, yeah, his place within the system. Like um, he didn't want to
0: be a fourth option. I'm not – I don't blame him.
2: I I just think that, you know, they really missed what he brought. Yeah. I think.
0: That's what four yeah. is supposed to be.
2: Yeah. They were a better – I don't quite get this, but they were a better defensive team with Hayward on the floor.
0: I get that
1: he's a good defensive
2: player. Yeah, two way player. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, that wasn't his reputation coming in, I guess.
1: But he's switchable, though. See, that was the beauty of that team was they could switch defensively. And this team, you know, they've always had a small point guard. So this whole like notion, and Kemba, out of all the small point guards they've had, you know, probably tries the hardest on defense. So I'll say that. Yeah. They just don't have you know, they don't have a lot of like Rob is their only and they don't have it they have no consistent size. I mean with Tyson no. now especially. They have right. no they have no rim deterrent at all whatsoever. And when Rob's in yeah. there, it you know, he is an obvious rim deterrent. Right. I mean, I know right. he's only six eight or whatever, six yeah. nine, but his wingspan, as people have noted, is just ginormous. And his ability to block shots and time them has been, you know, right. it has been miles turner esque in terms of percentages, right? So you know they really lack when they 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 go small. They have no interior presence at all whatsoever.
2: No. Well, you saw last night. Um, no, Rob. Uh, six of Dallas's first eight points were in the paint. They mm-hmm. just immediately attacked. You know, and without him, I mean, he he's become so important in the poor short Wagner. Of time. What's that?
1: <laughs> I said,
0: poor Mo Wagner.
2: Uh, yeah, that's just not him. No, yeah. it's not what he is. Yeah, I mean, he, he's too busy putting, his, planting his face on elbows. That that was the most ridiculous call last night. <laughs> it's
1: it's it's the war on ties all over again. Like it's just like I don't know how many big guys got to get punched in the face, kicked in the face, elbowed in the face, right before they right. get a foul call. But like. The, the best, uh, one, the Siakam kicking Daniel Tice in yeah, the face, still getting called for a foul, is the most outrageous part of it. But like, oh. you know, Mo Wagner's not a, you know, especially with Porzingis, right? Who's,
2: yeah.
1: you know, not the not the strongest seven footer, but like, you know, he can shoot over you. He gets bullied yeah. by Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart's got a, better you know, better uh, low center of gravity there. But again, mm-hmm. they don't like you said, six of the first eight points in the paint, they have no rim deterrence. And so yeah. when you have a team, and maybe this is part of the again, maybe this falls back on Danny again. This whole episode is about the blame game and who the hell can we throw all the blame at? You know, Danny's you know part of April. Yeah, right. The Danny's part <laughs> in this too of not of of having a roster with no rim protection on it is mm-hmm. something that we need to talk about. And I think I think people go back to the Miles Turner, you know, Doug McDermott thing,
2: right?
1: And want to talk about that a lot. And and you know. Miles Turner is a great defensive player, no question. And they would definitely help right now. Yeah. Um, but, like, you know, when you're getting beat to the rim constantly, right. you know, that's an easy way for a team to get dejected. Right. You know I mean, like, you talk right. about guys hanging their heads, you're down eight nothing, and yeah. all in 68 points have been layups. Like, yeah, I get yeah. that. So, yeah. You know, you talk about schematics, you talk about roster construction, you talk about guys freelancing out there. It's all, and it gets back to Danny's quote, it's all, this blame is all shared and right. it's only convoluted or magnified, I should say, because of this absolutely ridiculously crazy season Boston's having in terms of injuries. We are, it's April 1st and they still haven't had the, avail- the availability of every guy in their roster to play in a game. I mean, see, uh, the Romeo stuff is hysterical. Right. You know, every, every, every week you look, it's a new thing right. with Romeo. Tristan's right. out. You know, Jalen was out with a knee thing. Now Rob's mm-hmm. out before the game. Tatum right. was scratched, you know, a couple of games ago for ill. It's like at some point, I would like to just have a three game sample right. size right. of, of the, of everybody on the roster playing at the same time.
2: Yeah. You're asking too much. Can't have it. I know. I know there's a reason that they have Kemba on that knee program, but at what point do you break him out of that and just allow him to play
0: the playoffs?
2: I mean, that's. that's I think he needs a little rhythm before that. I don't disagree with you, but I think that's
0: what their plan is. You know, I I think it's you know we're we're not not breaking the glass in case of emergency until the playoffs roll around.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But
0: so, just going back quick to to like the Atkinson stuff and and Stevens let's just Mm -hmm. let's pretend for the sake of it that like we don't all love Brad and Brad's a great guy like Brad's a jerk let's just pretend Brad is a (laughs) he's a jerk he's a terrible human being you know you don't want to deal with him like he treats you the way Belichick treats the media get him gone so removing any personal biases right is there because I always like to say like president of the fan club he's you know he's like he's a great life coach and all that stuff if is there that guy, you said, you know, you don't need a development guy. You don't, you need a guy who's know. going to be able to, you know, work with younger, you know, not just younger players, but, yeah. but veteran players. I mean, it's, like, are, are we basically just boiling down to, cause it ain't Mark Jackson. Are we talking about like pulling Jeffrey oh, and Gundy finally out of retirement? Like yeah. what, what are we Before, talking Is Is that no, guy you, out there, Mark?
2: You're, lo- you're looking for some kind of a young star, a guy like Lloyd Pierce who. You know, before he ran into trouble in Atlanta, I don't think that was entirely his fault. Yeah. Uh he was that young guy guru. When he was on the Sixers staff, you know, he he was everybody's favorite assistant coach. You know, he was kind of a rising star. I think you need a guy like that. I don't know if that fits up here, but yeah. No, those so guys, any, those guys there... don't
1: grow on trees though. And, and right, as much right. as you want to, I mean, this is an April Fool's joke, but Rick Patino could come walking through that door again if uh, he wanted to uh, and destroy the franchise for the second time. Uh, so, John, are we all,
2: are we all in agreement then? What's John that? Called, John, John Calabar, yeah. I, co- I, covered, right. I covered Cal the year he jumped from UMass to the Nets, and that was like you talk about a circus, that was just crazy.
0: So, then, or, or and I zeroed this in on, on you, Mark, but are we all in agreement then that? I mean, like that guy. There's no guy out there that you would replace Brad Stevens with right now. If you could, if you if you were on a lame duck contract and and removing all the money he's owed, is there a, is there a single guy out there you'd replace Brad with right now?
2: No. No.
1: no. And that's no. the thing for all you Brad haters. What do you, what, <laughs> what, what what do you want, Doc? Like, who, they want Doc. They want bring Doc. in Doc. Right, Doc he yeah. I can't wait oh, to watch him on a three-one lead. You know, like it's the the answer to this problem is not a simple one. And you know, you you know, get rid of Danny. Okay, who who's going to be the GM then? You know, you're going to have what are you going to have? Uh, you know, and I love Mike Zarin. Is Mike Zarin going to take over? Is that what we need to do? Or do, you, or do you need fresh blood in there? This is something we talked about with Gary Washburn. You know, he was. You know, there's got to be some fresh blood somewhere at some point that has to come into this organization, have a decent, amount, uh, uh, you know, powerful voice to make some sort of change here. You know, is, is it come into the front office? is it come to the coaching staff? Is it is it a player, a veteran that comes in and straightens these guys out? I mean, you know, that's all the questions that, you know, Danny and, and ultimately Wick and, and Steve and everybody else that works in that ownership group have to come up with. You know, what is what – because this season and, – and, and, or do we just go? Hey, this is the, one of the weirdest seasons in the history of the league, mm. and we shouldn't is put it, a lot of wasn't stock. Wasn't that last year? No, well, again, you could say this continuing into this year is an. Uh, year,
2: it's it's almost like it's one long season. It really is. Year. I'll, I'll go with you on
1: that. Yeah. But, so,
2: but you know the. Go ahead.
1: No, well, just a coaching thing. Like you go back to that. You know, I know we, we, the segment's been mainly about coaching. There's not one of those guys that's just going to magically come available. Like. You know, we can do, like, try and get Mark Few out of Gonzaga. We can go out of the college ranks to try and find somebody. Chris Beard just got a job with Texas. They did yesterday. that, though. Broke that news. Like, but the good college – like, the only guy that I would sell out for in the college ranks of anybody is is Jay Wright of Villanova. And Jay Wright's had yeah. opportunities to come to the NBA, and he said no every time. So Jay yeah. Wright's not the guy to fix it either. So to all of you that complain about Brad, 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 like, there, the, the other options – really don't exist the the, the coach as Marcus has said that can handle young stars th- that guy's probably on a team with young stars on it right <laughs>
0: well and and again it's yeah. it's not like a guy like jay Wright has any experience handling the kyrie irvings of the world right, right. like this you know who's who's going to do that i mean i it's it's gonna it's be just, a,
2: it's gonna be a next nba player I right it's gonna be
0: is it rondo yeah.
2: Is it Chauncey Bill the is, genius? You know, you know what Rondo has a Rondo probably had a better relationship with Brad than he did with any other coach he ever had. And that's saying something because he didn't throw water bottles at him. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Or Brad, you know, Brad. When this might be part of what the current situation is, Brad's not confrontational. Yeah. So, is, that,
1: is that the move then? Just be like, hey, Rondo, here's a boatload of money to retire. We need you on our bench. Or right. like you bring Rondo in as a player. Like I, I because Rondo, you know, he's probably not willing to give it up. He just won a championship ring last year and he was a good player on a Lakers team that right. won the title. It's not like he wasn't some random scrub at the end of the bench. No, he was pivotally important yeah. to the Lakers winning that title. I mean, I mm-hmm. is. You know, I, I have a hard time being like, yeah, that's the move. Just throw a boatload of money at Rondo to be an assistant coach on a team instead of playing in the NBA. You know, I just – I don't see how that lines up. And, you know, again, the answer is not a simple one, but I guess that could be an option. And I didn't – I mean, I know that Rondo and Brad I'm, – I'm sure Rondo and Brad had their disagreements because Rondo disagrees with everybody. Sure. But, you know, if they had a good relationship, maybe that's, maybe that's it. I don't know. But we all know Rondo's a genius, and eventually – He's going to be a head coach because he mm-hmm. just has the ma- the mind for it. You know, does mm-hmm. he have?
0: The- it's funny. I don't feel like that's inevitable at all. Not because he couldn't be, because but because I, I don't think like Rondo just doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that wants to do that.
2: I don't know. He I mean, might. You were,
0: Mark, you were he he a hell of a lot closer to him than he, he might. Was awesome no, you no.
2: Think. And he's 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 just so smart. That's that's the thing about him. I did a story. You know, his rookie year, I talked to his high school coach, who was uh, Mike Bibby's cousin, Doug, and he was also Rondo's science teacher, and no, algebra. And mm-hmm. so Rondo was in the back of the class, sleeping, get his head on the get his head on the desk. Yeah. And Bibby says, you know, after every class, I throw out a challenge problem. So I, that day, I throw it out. You know, everybody's sitting there trying to figure out, and all of a sudden Rondo with his head still planted on the desk puts his arm up like this. And Bibby said, you know, these are Bibby's words, he said, damn it if the little SOB didn't get it right. <laughs> so, you know, Rondo's one of those kind of guys.
0: Remember though, you know, sometimes, and not every time without fail or anything like that. But sometimes it's the really smart ones that struggle most in that type of setting because, you know, they have trouble with people they're trying to teach, not grasping what they're talking about or not being able to do it. Like, why, Mm -hmm. you know, why couldn't some of these great players, you know, a a Magic Johnson, a a Wayne Gretzky, you know, Mm -hmm. whomever, like Larry Bird was obviously a great head coach, but some, you know, haven't been able to do it because it's like, why can't you just go do like what I did? Why, Why can't you go... do what I'm talking about here. And I don't know if Rondo's that guy or not. Maybe Rondo could boil it down, make it real easy to understand and and go execute. I I just have no idea.
2: Well, one thing about Larry for a moment, he, his great gift was he had no problem delegating. He had Rick Carlisle and Dick Carter doing his offense and his defense. And Larry, you know, he, he was incredibly low ego as a head coach. Mm -hmm. But, anyway, uh, Rondo, you know, the the one one indication of what he could be like is, for all of the crap that's gone on with him the last couple of years, you'll never hear, unless, well, maybe with the exception of Ray Allen, you'll never hear a former teammate say he was a bad teammate. Right. He was a great teammate to people. And he just happened to not like Ray, I guess. But it was... You know, so he'll he'll have that kind of feel for the players. Avery Bradley, he brought him up under his wing. Mm-hmm. You know, Avery got his whole attitude from Rondo.
1: Yeah, they, they talk about it, uh, his, you know, little stint in Atlanta. I think Jackie Mack has talked a little bit about how, you know, players love them in Atlanta and, and you know they 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 brought him in to 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 you know kind of take Trey Young and, and show him the ropes a little bit, and right. you know it's I, I'm not sure how much of that actually happened. I don't know because you know Trey's his own sort of monster in terms of you know he he's he's pretty unbelievable and offensively talented and, and sees the floor you know very differently than most people do. You know, you know, I, I I say this sort of jokingly as an April Fool's joke, but for some reason, the Vars kids have otherworldly vision. Is, is 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 someone like that to come in and and teach these? I, I Again, I know what it is. You bring Nelly out of retirement and get him on the sidelines again. <laughs> uh, he seems to be enjoying himself lately. It doesn't seem like he wants to do anything remotely revol- involving coaching anymore.
2: But I think he's enjoying I guess, himself
0: more than he ever has in his life. I would <laughs> I would agree yeah, with that.
2: That's quite a business he has. Right? He looks good like
1: though. Is he living with Bill Walton yet? Uh, hopefully. <laughs> but he looks he looks like he's more relaxed than he's ever been. I mean he looks he looks like, you know
2: <laughs> Yeah. Well, he <laughs> he to enjoy himself. By the by the end of his coaching career he got to looking pretty unhealthy.
1: Yeah. He yeah. Looked, I, mean, I, I get it. He hasn't looked better. I mean he's I saw a picture of him. You know, it resurfaced like a couple of months ago, and I was like, "He looks better than he's looked, you know, in a very, very, very long Years. time." So good for him. Mm-hmm. But again, the, again, the coaching answer, you know, just we don't know. The the, the 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 most perplexing thing about this team is there's not a a clear cut. They need this answer. They have a ton of talent. Um, they have a smart head coach. They have a smart front office that's done well and. In trades, I mean, look—if they sign Fournier to a long-term deal, you know, giving up two second-round, well, yeah, four second-round picks, I guess, to acquire Evan Fournier is a is a no-brainer move. Um, you know, they've let some guys go, and that's been unfortunate. And there's been some injury things with Kemba, obviously, that you wish that that could go the other way. But you know, it's 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 frustrating to sit here and still, you know, it's April. We've watched. So much of the season happened already and, and still nobody has any idea what the hell's wrong with this team.
2: I, I think it's under two young stars to take over as leaders. I don't I don't think Tatum's there yet, and I don't think Jalen's yeah. quite there yet. That's the next step for this team. If they do that, then you know, Smart's trying to do his part.
0: Well, like you said, it's it's not even just vocally leading like Tatum might never be that guy it's it's leading by example out there on the floor and as Brad highlighted so much last night we've already talked about it it's this I think Evan, to your point, like what's missing from this team. I mean, yeah, the injuries or inconsistencies in terms of the roster itself and who's available. That's a problem. You'd love to see that little stretch where they're at least all together and see what this team looks like. And hopefully, you know, cross your fingers come to playoffs. We'll see something like that. That would be wonderful. But, you know, absent that what's missing is it's, it's not the talent they've, they're yeah. playing well below mm-hmm. their talent level, mm-hmm. well below mm-hmm. their talent. You know, there are many years under Brad, they've exceeded their talent level in terms of, you know, what they've done. And, you know, especially that Isaiah Thomas team that, that made the conference finals yeah. that had no prayer of beating LeBron, but yeah. hell, they got there and they were fun to watch. They played above their heads. This team is playing so below water. It is. Almost impossible quite frankly yeah. you know to, for this team to be led by those two all-stars and some of the talent they've had around them even Kemba if you want to include him in that because he gets you the 20 a game or, or right around there when he is available they are sitting two games below 500 right now and just play down to their competition and while we're at it they play down to everybody else what is missing from this team as Brad talked about is that shake it off factor. It is just right. that mental shake it off factor. Like, I mean, in, in, to boil it down to the absolute most simple terms, mm-hmm. I will say to my eight year old all the time, because he's a, he's, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say he's going pro or whatever, but he's, he's a nice little athlete for an eight year old, but his biggest problem, his biggest problem is that he can't get out of his own way mentally. He'll be, mm-hmm. you know, I'll I'll be pitching to him outside. He'll swing and miss at the first three pitches. And I know that he is cooked for, for the next 15 pitches I throw him because he can't shake it off. Sure. This, this team just, it gets into those lulls, those ruts, and it can't shake it off. And I don't know how you flip that switch.
2: Yeah. And you know, a part of that is, and everybody's guilty of this, including Marcus smart. When the other team hits a big shot, you come down and you're just launching two seconds into the shot clock. It's, you know, you you don't hold your discipline after somebody hits a big shot. You just go for something wild. And I think they've all been guilty of that lately. Just kills ball movement.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I I've, I've try to explain it uh, to some people about how they try and hit home runs when they don't need to. It's like there's no need for that shot. I mean, at the end of the game, like, okay, sure, you need a home run shot. You know, you're down six and there's 59 seconds left. Yeah, you got to start maybe thinking about trying to hit the home run here to try and cut it down. But there's too many – and too many guys are trying to hit home runs. I mean, you got – you know, Smart does it. You know, Kemba does it. Jalen does it. You know, Jason does it. Then when, you're, when you go over for 4 with guys trying to hit home runs and the other team goes down and runs a good offensive set, you just keep bearing yourself. This team, again, tries too much to try and be heroes when it, collectively it's, it, it takes a, a full five-man unit to drag yourself back out of a 20-point deficit, which they found themselves in regularly lately. And they've climbed out of it only because they start playing a little bit harder as a team. They start picking guys up full court. They start trying to, you know, get into guys' airspace and, set, and stop worrying about following too much. And you know, they get a little bit more aggressive. They get a little more handsy, sure, but they get a little more aggressive. They try and do some things. And all of a sudden, you know, you're, you, you just like last night against Dallas. They get it, you know, they get the steal with Tatum at the end there. He doesn't finish, but Smart's right there to pick him up. And, you know, but that's too little too late. That stuff's got to happen much earlier. So I I don't know. Again, maybe it's on Brad saying, hey, we're going to, you know, maybe at some point when they're getting smoked in the second quarter, you know, again, Dallas outscored them Wednesday night, 34 to 20 in the second quarter. Maybe at some point in the second quarter, you know what? And I see Pritchard do this. And that's why I love Pritchard so much. He just starts picking guys up full court. Just yeah. saying, you know what? I'll, you know, yeah. I'll go up and, you know, yeah. Jalen Brunson with the ball the floor. I'm going to go, I'm going to go make his life hell for, for a little while. You know, maybe they start doing that. Maybe they start, maybe. you know, aggressively, you know, trapping on defense. I mean, I, I don't know what it is, but when they, when they start playing sound defense and turning guys over, that's when they start to look like normal again. You know, if they, and they aren't hitting shots and that's happening frequently, you know, if they, if they can just start getting into guys a little bit more defensively, they can start building some more confidence and but they don't do that until it's desperation time
2: right and part of what's kind of infuriating is that in tatum and brown you have two guys who are when they're playing at their best very high caliber defensive players and they're not living up to that it's you know tatum had this whole thing last year uh Drew Hanlon said that they he and Larinaga set up this goal to become an all NBA level defender. And I don't know if you remember, there was like a three-week stretch where Tatum's blocking shots. He's shutting guys down. He he was actually really serious about it. And I think that's really falling off. Yeah. Again,
1: you know, the energy's not there on that end of the floor. Sometimes Jalen brings it, sometimes Jason brings it. Smart usually does, but you know, again, it's just a collective team effort that we're lacking here, I think. Uh,
2: it, almost, it almost felt like when he threw that ball off the backboard last night that he was just saying, I nearly said a bad word, um, where <laughs> he was just saying to hell with it, you know? Yeah. It's like, you know, he didn't. It was more out of frustration than the play itself, but – you know, that, it just, it's just where they all are right now.
0: Well, before we do uh, go, we've been going about an hour here. So before we wrap, one guy we, we've we mentioned him a few times, we haven't really talked about him, Evan Fournier. Uh, obviously, his first two games mm-hmm. in a Boston uniform, uh, the guy who was averaging 20 points a game when he came in for Orlando. In 64 minutes, he is 3 of 16, 0 for 7 from 3, has 6 total points along with, you know, just some uh, – some, you know, box score fillers, five rebounds and assists, two blocks, three steals, and uh, a turnover and a handful of fouls if you just want to round out right. the whole damn thing. But at the moment, right. you know, to the eye, he's, you know, playing like the kind of experience you you conjure up when you Google his last name. So <laughs> when when is this thing going to turn around? When are we going to see the Evan Fournier that Danny Ainge acquired?
2: I don't think he fits in until the, the rest of the rotation gets back together. It's... Uh... You know, what he does show really good ball handling ability and he does seem to be very patient. I mean, he was, you know, last night he, I thought he was deferring a little bit, but he, um, yeah, I mean, people have to start sharing the ball again. I mean, you know, maybe the, maybe the rotation needs some kind of a tweak. I mean, you
0: only got so many options.
2: Well, I was, you know, one that's occurred to me from time to time is Kemba is a six man. Yep. If you want to give it a little bit of a jolt, you know, but I don't know if they're going to do that. Sometimes Kemba gets lost when he's with Tatum and Brown together. Mm -hmm. You know, he's, I think he's a better option if he gets to shine at the front of the offense.
0: I mean, what the hell? Why not try it? Right. Yeah, Yeah. and what like try try it for a game? (laughs) What's what's the harm? What's you lose? lose.
2: Yeah, just just give him license to go out there and get buckets, right? Mm -hmm. You know, instead of trying to fit in with everybody. Yeah, Yeah. it's
1: it's it's tough again. With you know, you're introducing three new guys because all three of them played. You know, you want you look at Mo. Wagner's first game. I loved his first game because all he was doing was <laughs> setting a million screens <laughs> and just trying to get guys open as much as he mm-hmm. would be possible. Which mm-hmm. I loved. You know, Cornet comes yeah. in and he's just letting it fly and I appreciate yeah. that. You know, he has he
2: he, has, actually, uh, he offered you some room protection.
1: Yeah. He's got confidence, which I like. In the Fournier mm-hmm. thing, I the Fournier stuff I see it too, which is like you watch him and he doesn't quite know exactly where to go yet. But you can yeah. see like if he gets comfortable you know, that's a real interesting player to have. And, you know, that's the problem. They, they don't have that. Like, you know, when Jalen and Jason are on the floor together, you know, another ball mover and a guy that can, you know, win off the, you know, beat guys off the dribble, which they've desperately missed because all the other guys they've had in that spot, whether it be Neesmith, Shemmy, Grant, you name them, you know, those guys, you know, they take two dribbles and all of a sudden they have no clue what to do. So having another guy out there like that handle the basketball is good. Um, but you know, maybe, maybe, yeah, letting Kemba feast on second units is a good idea. You know, when there isn't elite rim protection in the game, um, you know, he's starting to get to the free throw line a little bit more. He's starting to, uh, you know, get to the the bucket a little bit easier. He's trying to absorb some contact. Doesn't always get the call, but he's at least trying a little bit. You know, maybe that's the idea. Um, you know, Fournier is going to be a big part of that, but they have to get him more comfortable. And once, yeah. you know, everybody's back in action, maybe we can we can start building some confidence here. But again, you know, getting everybody to be healthy for a week is uh, a problem in its own right.
2: Well, if Fournier is the playmaker they say he is. I could see him playing off Kemba really well. Mm-hmm. That, you know, but.
1: Rob, too. You know, mm-hmm. I always look yeah. at Rob as, you know, Mar- the Marcus Rob minutes or the Marcus Pritchard minute or the Pritchard Rob minutes are always fun because those guys look for other people. You know, right. same thing with Fournier here as a guy that can really, yeah. you know, find open guys. Mm-hmm. I feel like Rob Williams is the perfect guy for them.
2: Absolutely. This edition yeah. of Celtics be
0: powered by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag today. Use the promo code CLNS50 for 50% sign up bonus. Well, fellas, I, I'll say this much. Uh, for a show that wasn't necessarily, you know, ripe with fun content. I had fun talking, you know, (laughs) I, 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 it was a, it was a fun discussion about these things because at least we're, you know, we're out here trying to problem solve. I mean, it's, it's not our problem and and no one's going to listen to us, uh, you know, from, from within the Celtics as far as what our advice is, but, but damn it, we're trying, we're doing our part. And I, I think the people out there appreciate it. It's
2: been fun guys. Thanks. Mark's, Mark's the only guy out. we've had.
1: Mark's the only guy guy we've had that can go toe to toe with me in the hair game. I think though, Mark's <laughs> oh, Mark's <yeah. laughs> one of the few that uh, the COVID haircut's been kind of Mark for sure.
2: Oh, uh, listen, if if it, you it, I it, mean it especially now that. that he's got the beard
1: too, like if yeah. if you
0: put glasses on, oh. I'm not so sure we couldn't run you through a filter and, and look at your future the, right here. This is you know. actually
2: a trimmed beard, so yeah. See, um, well, Jared Weiss has been sprouting. Oh, Jared, Jared's been bit.
1: yeah. No question, he's he's leading. Listen, man, that
0: that guy's off kilter. He showed up to do our show a couple weeks back just wearing a robe. You you don't, we don't. He's a wild card now. We don't know what to expect with him.
2: Well, that's Marcus Smart's uh, favorite locker room attire. That's right, his collection.
0: Little little did you know there was a dress code here today. You did not show up in a robe. We have to do that going forward. So the Celtics back at it against the lowly Rockets uh, tomorrow night. This, God willing, should be a victory. Then they've got Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier, and the Hornets on Sunday, both games at the Garden as well. The Sixers Tuesday, then Wednesday the Knicks, uh, and then the seven-game homestand wraps up with – with the Timberwolves a week from tomorrow. I mean, I, uh, on one hand, Hey, you know, you, you couldn't have timed out a seven game homestand better with right. uh, fans returning uh, to the garden on the downside, the Celtics are playing the way they are with fans how, at the garden.
2: Uh, how to at least take advantage of it. Right.
0: Yeah. Just, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, hopefully it turns, maybe they'll reel off, you know, six in a row and this time next week we'll be talking about a uh a, a team that really could make a, a deep run in the playoffs see how quickly things change right mark murphy of the herald uh evan valenti i'm adam but thanks all for being with us it has been uh, a fun hour and let's try and find a little positivity in this world shall we mark thanks
2: take care guys